You're listening to 3CR Radio. And we are joined by Adam Pulford. So at least 59 LGBTI people have been arrested and tortured in Egypt after a government crackdown inspired by people waving rainbow flags at a concert. Hi, Adam. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome, Adam. Hey, thanks for having me. Adam, the situation for queer people in Egypt sounds very dire, with people living in state-sanctioned terror. Why are Egyptian authorities so concerned about people waving rainbow flags? Yeah, so since 2013, when there was a military coup that got rid of the elected government and installed a new president, President al-Sisi, the Egyptian government has targeted the LGBTI community. There's been reports of about 550 people who've been um, arrested and 250 who've been prosecuted because of their perceived sexual orientation. And the recent incidents over the last month has been a real, seen a real acceleration of that. Basically, uh, it began on September 22nd when there was a concert of a Lebanese band, Mashru Layla, uh, who has an openly gay lead singer. There are 30,000 people in Cairo at the concert and a few rainbow flags were, were flown around. And it went viral because a lot of people were really excited about that show of unity and equality in Egypt, which is a a mostly conservative Muslim country. But unfortunately, what happened over the coming days was a massive backlash um, by media and different institutions saying that those people waving the flag were um, promoting sexual deviance. The police said that they're encouraging immoral acts and it's caused authorities to, to crack down on the Egyptian LGBTI community. Hmm. Adam, could you tell us a little bit about the legalities of homosexuality in Egypt? Yes, but in Egypt, uh, being homosexual isn't technically illegal. The law that police uh, arresting people under is the 1961 law about debauchery. Egyptian courts have said that this can include homosexuality, and so uh, the police are relying on that law to arrest people and um, prosecute them. Uh, that they suspect or, yes, suspect of being gay. Adam, we've seen mass arrests and the torture of queer people recently in Chechnya, Indonesia, Azerbaijan and now Egypt. Is this the result of religious nationalism? Ooh, tough question. Uh, in Egypt, I know that gay activists are saying that they suspect the government is using this targeting of the LGBTI community as a way to shore up support. They've got a lot of social and economic problems happening in Egypt at the moment. The cost of living is rising, unemployment is high, and government subsidies for people are on the wane. So uh, it's led to people taking to the streets to protest the government. Uh, and LGBTI activists are saying that in a country like Egypt, where in 2013 there was a poll by the Pew Research Centre that found 95% of Egyptians think homosexuality is socially unacceptable, the government there is using that community as a bit of a scapegoat to try and shore up support by doing, I guess, the as a populist act. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's all driven by religion. Maybe I'm a bit more cynical and think that some political leaders, uh, in the interests of their own governments or support, uh, attack a community where they think it's popular and to, to basically shore up their support and, and get some stability, you could make an analogy between the way that the Australian government uh, treats people seeking asylum. 
So then how accurate are reports that the arrests are being, you know, partly driven by denunciations by Islamic groups? Uh, I haven't heard those reports, actually. Mm-hmm. I know that there's a group on the ground supporting people who have been charged, the Egyptian Initiative for Personal Rights, um, and it seems that Human Rights Watch and Amnesty International uh, have been discussing the report. But, uh, yeah, sorry, I haven't heard that um that it's Islamist groups that are driving that behaviour. And what kind of penalties do the queer people who've been arrested in Egypt, there's been at least 59, we've been told, what kind of penalties do they face? Yeah, so many of them have uh, been sentenced to jail for periods of six months up to six years. There's been a couple that have been released, but uh, there's also still a lot who are being detained who uh, are awaiting charge. Uh, It's not just the arrests about rainbow flags from reports. It's also uh, a wider crackdown on the LGBTI community where authorities have been using online chat rooms and dating apps to lure people into tracks to capture them and then detain them. Shades of Um, Chechnya. Yeah, very similar to Chechnya, yeah. And um, they've also, from what I've heard, they've cracked down on cafes where there were were known to be, you know, uh, places that the LGBTI community hang out, they've closed down those cafes in Cairo, and they've also uh, targeted a couple of people in their their own home. This this crackdown's extended then to to, to journalists. So there's an Egyptian human rights lawyer and journalist, Malik Aldi, who's been arrested. I mean, the relevance to that to the Red Sea Islands and Saudi Arabia. What do you know of that? (laughs) Uh, I know that more broadly there's been reports that Egypt hasn't just been targeting the LGBTI community, although that's what we're seeing right now. Mm. Uh, they've Since the military coup, they've shut down some independent media and there's been broader attacks on kind of human rights and, and civil society. Yes, they have very strict laws over there, don't they, about what you can say in the media, and we saw that recently with uh, Peter Gresney being imprisoned and other journalists from Al Jazeera as well. So it's part of a theme, isn't it? Not just, as you say, to GLBTI people, but also to anyone that's, I guess, perceived as a dissident. Definitely. I think if you're seen as a threat, uh, they're coming at you with with their full force. Disappointingly, the Australian government has yet to say anything about the arrests in Egypt. That's Um, a theme too, isn't it? Julie Bishop has (laughs) been thematically quiet on... LGBTI human rights crackdowns around the globe now? Yeah, it's really disappointing, I think. Um, I mean, not only are we being silenced on other countries' abuses of um, LGBTI communities, but uh, we're also not extending refuge or asylum for people who are being persecuted because they're queer. Uh, We even are locking them up in some of our detention centres and letting them sit there for years. So... Uh, Australia could be doing a lot more, and I think that's a role that we um, should play as Australians. We, right now, are in the middle of this marriage equality postal survey debate that, that's been forced upon us, and we're rightly doing everything we can to make sure that the yes vote wins. But I think an attack on one of us somewhere in the world is an attack on all of us, and we have a responsibility to uh, take action, to, to, to be informed about what's happening to the queer community across the world, and to call on our leaders, demanding that they do better. Mm. Uh, we have a lot of privilege in Australia. We don't have equal rights. And there's still a lot of people who suffer abuse. And, you know, the situation's not perfect for us, but we aren't being arrested when we wave our rainbow flags in the street. Uh, and so I, I see 
um, us as having responsibility to, to call for action and to do what we can when we hear of other people being targeted around the world. Speaking of taking action, can we talk about the international petitions? Um, that yeah, are, so yeah. <laughs> All Out, the international queer campaigning organisation, has um, a massive petition that they're demanding on the Egyptian authorities to release everyone who they've arrested based on their perceived sexual orientation. So um, if you Google All Out Egypt mm-hmm. Rainbow Flag, you'll find that petition. Add your name to it, I think, we can continue to build international pressure. Like we saw with Chechnya, you, we will be able to force our international governments to start speaking out and, and extending a hand. Mm, there's 39,000 signatures at this point, I think. Yeah, and it's at go.allout.org. Alan Pulford, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon on 3CR. Much appreciated. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, Adam. Queer human rights activist Adam Pulford there. It is 20 after four. You are on In Your Face on 3CR with Yvette and James. And we've got more music. You are, yeah. We've got Susanna Hoffs now. I believe this is a favourite. Oh, love it. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs>
3CR is actively advocating for equality in the lead-up to the National Postal Survey on same-sex marriage. As such, we will not give airtime to the No campaign on the basis that it is prejudiced, homophobic and harmful to LGBTIQ people and our families. Our community may hold different views on marriage as an institution, yet we agree this postal survey is a political stunt designed to appease prejudiced and homophobic views. 3CR will continue to advocate for equality in all areas. At this particular time in our political climate, we need to ensure that our members, friends and colleagues know that 3CR is a safe space for all our community. And Georgia Crears is a field officer for the Australian Marriage Equality Campaign. I spend my time organising volunteers and getting them to advocate for marriage equality to their friends and family and neighbours. So what's the most uplifting story you've heard in your travels in support of marriage equality? I don't have one story that I can just point to, but I can say that one of the most amazing things about this campaign has been that nearly every single volunteer that we've had come through our doors have never done any sort of activism before in their lives. So this is the the cause that got them out of bed and got them out of their homes, got them out onto the streets and got them uh, doing things that they'd never done before in their lives, which I think is really incredible. How would you rate the organisation of the Yes campaign compared to the No campaign? Oh, I think we've been really strong, capable, committed this whole time. But more than that, I think we've been the real grassroots campaign. I think what we've seen is tens of thousands of ordinary Australians getting together to campaign for equality for everyone before the law. And I think that that's a real testament to the strength of our campaign. The community's been amazingly resilient in the wake of this campaign. Have you seen any evidence of the campaign having a negative impact on the community's mental health, particularly young people? Yeah, I think there's no denying this has been really hard on our community. We kind of have conversations on the doors, on the streets, every day with people who are struggling. The fact remains that this was a totally unnecessary vote that was forced upon us, but we've been doing the best with it that we can. Um, And again, it's been really heartening, despite all of the hardship that we've gone through as a community, to see all these people coming out in support of us because they believe that we should be equal before the law. The latest polling has the yes vote at around 60%. Do you think the polling's accurate? I think that the polling is a good indication, but there's no complacency on our side. So we are still out there. We know there's about 5 million votes left to be returned, and we are working as hard as we can to get every single one of them back in the yes camp. The uh, the turnout's been amazing. I think about two-thirds of ballots have already been returned. Are you surprised by the high return rate? I'm not surprised. I think this is an issue that matters to Australians, and I think that that's been reflected in in the high turnout. I also think that it's an issue that we've been talking about for way too long, and that that is maybe uh, a reason as to why there's been such a high turnout. Australians want this done with, they want politicians to do their jobs, and that's why they've kind of turned out in force. Lyle Shelton said over the last couple of days that if the No campaign loses, uh, they weren't going to take it down lying, uh, that they would uh, continue to, to, to fight. What's your response to that? <laughs> I think that that would be a strange way to respect the will of Australians and $122 million of taxpayers' money. But, you know, what Lyle does and what the No campaign does is up to them. I think that 
I hope that on November 15 we see a resounding yes vote that will kind of unify the country around this basic human right. Of course, that won't be the end of the story. In order for marriage equality to be legislated, it still has to go before the parliament. Are you expecting there to be some trouble, particularly around religious exemptions? No, I think that what we've heard from all parties, uh, or at least members of all parties, is that when a bill comes before, if and when a bill becomes before parliament, it's going to have adequate religious protections for everybody. And I think that we can trust the kind of great cross-party working group that's been working very hard on this for a long time now, that they'll come uh, with a bill that will be adequate in that sense. Are you disappointed in the Prime Minister's performance during this campaign? For example, he hasn't fronted the National Press Club to outline why people should vote yes. I don't think that I've been so disappointed with his behaviour during the campaign because, to his credit, he has publicly come out and said that he'll be voting yes. I think the bigger disappointment is that we ever got to this point at all. I think that it was an unnecessary, harmful, divisive, incredibly costly um, survey that has just just never had to be a thing. If he'd just done his job, parliamentarians had done their jobs, um, we wouldn't be here in the first place, and, and that's the most disappointing thing for me. Recent polling had New South Wales as the state with the highest no vote. You're from New South Wales. Are you surprised by that? I think historically that's often been the case in New South Wales. In particular, we have an, an ageing population that's disproportionate to the other states. And obviously, the no vote skews towards older people. We know that demographically. Regardless of kind of that stacked, that being stacked against us, we've just still had an overwhelming num- like amount of support out on the streets and an overwhelmingly large number of volunteers turning out to do things literally every single day of this campaign. And that's been really heartening. How many volunteers have you got around the country? Around the country, jeez, you caught me off guard with that about one. about New South Wales? Uh, oh, New South Wales would have upwards of 2,500 people who wow. have gotten out and done stuff for us. Like, honestly, it's been the most incredible thing. I reckon across the country you'd be looking at upwards of, of 10,000, 15,000. Um, if you want, I can get proper figures on you for that, but I, I, that's it's, it's been huge, honestly. And you've had some amazing phone banks with people just turning up to ring complete strangers and discuss marriage equality. Have you been surprised at how well that's gone? I, I've been, again, I've been so surprised by how many people have turned up to do, you know, quite daunting campaign activities, call, like cold calling strangers about marriage equality is not the easiest task. So I've been so surprised that there's been um, a, a lot of people turning out for that. But I haven't really been that surprised by the reception that we've gotten on the other end of the phones because people have been overwhelmingly positive and we know that that's because people care about this issue. All the polling suggests that upwards of 70% of Australians support it and we've been talking about it for way too long now. So it makes a lot of sense to me that uh, people are kind of responding positively to us on the phones and telling us that they're voting yes. Georgia Crears, love your work. Thank you so much for talking to me today on 3CR and good luck. I hope it's a yes. Thanks, mate. Bye. Georgia Chris there from the Marriage Equality Campaign talking to me yesterday from Canberra. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.